In July of 1938, Douglas Corrigan was told he couldn't fly his hastily repaired Curtis Robin aircraft across the Atlantic because it would be considered a suicide flight. He was cleared to fly his plane back to California, however, but once in the air, Corrigan banked his plane 180 degrees and 28 hours later, landed safely in Dublin, Ireland. Now, Corrigan claimed he didn't mean to defy authorities. He simply got lost in the clouds and his compass broke. Still, his license was suspended, and he achieved some notoriety as a celebrity as Wrong Way Horgan. Because of this, a now well-known phrase entered our lexicon, a phrase which denotes someone who decides what to do as they go along with little or no plan. The phrase fits perfectly for many people, especially after COVID-19 changed education worldwide. And as educators, a lot of us were caught with no plan and we had to make up rules, policies, lessons, and every other kind of measure as we went along for this very unfortunate ride. And that apt phrase aviators had been using for decades that had become print in July of 1938, well, we found ourselves flying by the seat of our pants. Welcome to the Instructor's Kit Bag, a podcast for all educators based out of Army Logistics University in Fort Lee, Virginia. I am your host, Nate Ball. After discussing some of the drawbacks, challenges, and benefits of going through the pandemic with my colleagues in the last two episodes, I wanted to compile what we at Army Logistics University learned in order to be better prepared for another event of this magnitude. In order to reflect on what we learned from COVID, I think it would be best to recap the pros and cons of distance learning and what we as educators will have to do to make ourselves and our profession more adaptive and progressive. So without further ado, let's begin with the issues and work our way to the solutions. Our first stop, technical issues. Distance learning is reliant entirely on technology. The steep learning curve with software, connection problems, and interface issues was felt not just on the instructor side of the equation, but the student as well. Many of us were bound by deadlines, meaning courses, classes, and lessons were bound by a timeframe that did not allow us to become masters of technology before implementation. We had to fly by the seat of our pants. Many times this led to irritation, frustration, but also patience. On the educator side, our students were patient with us as instructors and vice versa because we were all learning this together. We were all in the same boat. However, should anything happen like this again, we as educators might not get that luxury, if we ever had it, and so we must always be looking for the newest forms of distance learning out there. This doesn't mean tracking down all software that enters the marketplace. It should mean we are keeping a more keen eye or ear for innovations in this technology. That way, if another event occurs which requires us to adapt, we not only have our previous tools in our kit bag, but we have some knowledge of progressive technology which may help us to get better results. And an important reminder, when we have students, adult or otherwise, who may not have the skills we think they should have in technology, we must remember we are educators first, and that means we need patience. Our second stop, social interactions. The greatest strength of in-person teaching is connecting to our students on a human level. As a social species, we rely heavily on nonverbal communication, probably more than we realize. 
Recognizing excitement, fatigue, motivation, and shyness can all be done non-verbally. Distance learning can take away from that experience, especially for those of us who use interface software without video. All you get is the audio. So what are some good practices in creating or elevating social interaction within distance learning? How about more group activities? A lot of software now has the ability to create small breakout rooms for classes, which begs the question, what do the students do in there? Well, that's up to us as educators. Whether there are small activities, short introductions, or projects, we need to make sure we are planning and preparing lessons that facilitate social interactions with other students and ways to hold their attention to keep them accountable. This may mean you pop into these groups consistently or have them present to the whole class at the end of their activity or any number of things. Whatever we do though, we need to think in a flexible and adaptive manner to help bring more social interaction to distance learning. Our third stop, planning our lessons. One of the biggest issues during the pandemic was converting in-person classes to distance learning. While similar, they certainly are not the same. While many areas have gone back to in-person teaching, we cannot forget the lessons we learned about what worked and what didn't work. For our classes at Army Logistics University, many instructors and developers are now creating and revising lessons which include a distance learning variant. What's the likelihood an event like this could happen again? I don't know, and neither do the rest of us. So having said that, what do your lesson plans look like? Is there a distance learning version? Or have you adopted a hybrid method? Which brings us to our last stop. Hybrids. What does hybrid instruction look like? Well, generally speaking, it's instruction that can be both distance learning and in-person. It can also be asynchronous or synchronous. Hybrid instruction may not just be the way of education in the future, but could be a very effective way for students to engage with the material. Pre-work, pre-assessments, supplemental material, and activities can be done asynchronously, as well as done through distance learning. We could use interactive multimedia instruction, if available, for students to complete for one half of the day and then spend the second half with an instructor. This creates not only a flexibility of schedule, but also a flexibility of various forms of media used for the classroom. And what else does this help? It helps make our syllabus or our assessment plans more transparent to supervisors, students, parents, and any other instructors or developers. Using various methods for students to interact with activates the brain in multiple ways thus helping students to learn, assimilate, and apply the knowledge we are trying to get them to learn, and hybrid teaching may be the way to help them do just that. In the military, the term bluff, or bottom line up front, is used. In the civilian world, TLDR, or too long didn't read, is used. They are both supposed to be at the beginning of a discussion or a chat. However, I place them here at the end. But whether you use bluff or TLDR, here they are. In order to get even better at being an educator, Get to learning about various types of technology. Develop more socially interactive activities for distance learning. Look towards your creativity into developing more hybrid models. And that's it for part three of how COVID altered education. Hopefully we can use this crazy world event as an opportunity to learn from our challenges and successes and better prepare for anything else that might disrupt our lives or at least gain the knowledge and skills that we learned to not have to fly by the seat of our pants. You've been listening to the Instructor's Kitback, and never forget to stop learning. <laughs>